brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everyone has faced this problem. What gift to choose? What gift to give yourself when you're sitting at home? What to give a friend or parents? What to give your wife or husband? What to give your children or colleague at work? Well, Wooden Puzzles at Unidragon solves this problem. Why do people love Unidragon so much? Because these puzzles are amazing. Each puzzle piece has its own unique shape. Interesting for adults and children. Each puzzle is packed in a premium wooden gift box. New puzzles are also released each and every month. They all have an incredibly colorful design. You will not regret checking this product out. Not only is it an excellent and unique gift to give to others, but it can be a gift to give to yourself as well. They're perfect for a nice relaxing afternoon and figuring out the perfect puzzle that will help keep your mind sharp. So go to unidragon.com and use the code MASTER for 10% off of your order. That is unidragon.com and use the promo code MASTER for 10% off your order. This product is absolutely amazing. I love that owl. It's cool as hell. One more time, that is unidragon.com for the most unique, creative, and challenging puzzles out there. And use that promo code MASTER to let them know we sent you. Enjoy that 10% discount.
Hello and welcome to Taskmaster Talks with Kevin Sullivan. I am your host, J.P. John Paz from the two-man power trip. Of course, joining me is the star of the show, the former WWNE ECW World Tag Team Champion, the one of the greatest minds and bookers ever in the history of the business, the man behind the NWO, the man behind WCW's 83 Weeks of Dominance, the Games Master, the Taskmaster, the devil himself, Mr. Kevin Sullivan. Kevin, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, J.P. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Can't complain at all. Um, you know, keeping busy uh, over the holidays. How's everything going in your neck of the woods? Wonderful, wonderful. Great holidays. Fine. Now we were kind of t- we were kind of saying brief. Oh, we were kind of saying briefly off air. You've got a you know uh, a bird of prey, if you will, uh, hanging out of your house. The biggest hawk I've ever seen in my life. That seems to look like fish. I'm out there on a log on the beach. Huge, huge. I've never seen a hawk that big. Bigger than Road Warrior Hawk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With AEW, we were kind of mentioning this too briefly off air, AEW moving from TNT to TBS, keeping the same time slot, keeping the same show, keeping the same night. Do you think that'll affect uh, ratings at all, kind of just going forward? I think for a short time, because I think people will turn in to TNT and say, oh, not realize, hopefully they'll have crawlers on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And saying, uh, you know, AEW is now being aired on TBS now. So hopefully it won't affect them much. As far as I know, I think and, they're both in the same amount of homes, too. So I don't think there's any change as far as homes that get TBS versus TNT. I think you're right. I think if you get one or the other, you get both. I'll tell you what was a nice surprise to see Eric at WWE, wasn't it? Yes, I was very surprised. Pretty cool um, bringing him back like that. And he did an unbelievable job, I thought. Yes. Very typical of him. Great job, uh, then, again, for them. Yeah. It's crazy. He goes from AEW, WB, back to WB, back to AEW. I mean, he's everywhere. Yeah, and he should be. You know, I saw him not too long ago, uh, two weeks ago in Philly. And a lot of people forget this. Eric made a lot of people a lot of money. And he did a magnificent job. And he was quick learner and he had a deal with that North Tower and he saw the end coming when AOL bought Turner he knew they didn't want wrestling on the channel and I think he fought to keep it longer than they wanted it to be and uh, I think people forget that he kept a lot of people employed for a long time. Very true. Yep, very well said. He was uh, definitely a guy that was pretty generous with his power. You know what I mean? He wasn't, um, you know, I don't think he held too many people back. I think he gave a lot of people a little great lives. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And uh, I think he should be remembered for all the positive things he did. We all, you know, make mistakes and we all were going to burn out and uh, I think 
you know, under Eric's guidance, they might have been able to keep it up, but there was a lot of different camps at that time. And uh, he still had a fight that North Tower, which I said, which was a big, big deal to overcome. And eventually, they got rid of wrestling. And now they got it back, and they're doing pretty well, aren't they? Yeah, I was going to say, now they, they wanted it back. Obviously, different people in charge, but now they wanted it back. And, you know, they got a few shows on their networks, and it, they're doing pretty good. Nothing crazy, you know, nothing, but nothing too bad either. I think that, you know, any other smaller promotion would kill to be AEW right now, but um, they're doing pretty good for what they are. Yes, they are. And they have, I mean, we talked about it last week, about that 60-minute match improved a lot of people wrong did they yes yep as we said last week kudos to them and it definitely uh improved because the rating the week later went up so you know good job uh, all around they were back over a million finally yeah and uh just from being on the outside looking in it seems like there's a camaraderie there that everybody's pulling for one another. And it's good to see that. Definitely more of a team atmosphere. So, you know, so we hear backstage, it's very loosey goosey. Um, you know, not like WCW, maybe perhaps with the political maelstrom that it was. Yeah, um, maybe. I mean, we, we don't know, but I would think, you know, there's a different air about it that. I'm glad to see that the younger guys are getting a shove, and it's good. I'll tell you why. We talked about this before, JP. When you used to go to a show, and they would say, coming back after a long absence, right? Yep. You get excited, especially if you like the wrestler or had invested time in him. When he came back, it was something new. Well, it's almost like, you know, I saw the hook as this kid. He's getting over, and he's a young boy, and uh, kudos to him. And uh, Hangman Page, I mean, I don't think he would have gotten where he is today if he was in WWE, do you? No, definitely not. So, you know, it's good to see these young guys getting a rub with Sting and Funk and Jericho and a host of others. So as far as WCW is concerned and the topic at hand today, I wanted to go back to 1996, January 23rd, 1996 to be exact. And we're talking about Clash of the Champions number 32, which took place in Paradise, Nevada, from Caesar's Palace. The attendance right around 3,100. Obviously, this is not a pay-per-view, so the TV rating, 4.5. Pretty strong TV rating here. Yeah, and the Clash of the Champions always was special. You know where the Clash of the Champions first started, don't you? In Florida. And it was uh, Joe Coff that put that together. And that show 
went across the nation. I don't know if it went to California, but I know it went to Texas and Atlanta and the Carolinas. The first two were out of there. The Battle of the Belts, right? Very classic Battle champion's desk. Yep. Yeah. That was the first kind of uh, clash of the champion. And then, of course, the first one was with Flair and Sting. Yes. Do you remember back? I know I'm not even sure if you were there, or maybe you were at that point, '88. But do you remember who created Clash of Champions? Was that is like a Dusty idea? That was Dusty. Again, Dusty sometimes doesn't get the credit he deserves. Dusty put together big shows and always named them like The Last Tango in Tampa, which was outside of Tampa Stadium. Uh, one in Miami he did at the Orange Bowl. He was a he was a forward thinker, that's for sure. Dusty saw that there was going to be national expansion before most people. I can remember Eddie Graham coming to me when uh, TBS blew up and he said, "This is going to change the wrestling business completely." And I didn't get what he meant but at first, but then I understood. TBS has got to be loving the fact that, hey, let's get a 4.5 rating, you know, in, in the middle of January from a wrestling show, right? I mean, because really Saturday night was kind of one of the main programs. Nitro kind of took over as far as being a, a ratings juggernaut on TNT. So I'm sure TBS is happy to get some big time wrestling shows again. Yep. Yep, exactly. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand this. Nitro was using TBS production. So they were billing themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, could be looked at as a hokey deal. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Was there a TBS TNT kind of war going on at all? No, no, but uh, they knew, like most businesses, they knew how to manipulate things for their benefit. That's for sure. Seems like this show has a lot interesting kind of not only storylines, but a lot of interesting kind of like story points going on. So we got that wedding with Sherry and Colonel Robert Parker, got the road warriors showing up, got Miss Elizabeth showing up. I mean, it's kind of a, a star studded show. It's pretty jam packed for the most part. Kind of uh, really given a lot to, to class of champions. Uh, I think, you know, that that was the brainchild of Eric, that he understood his role, that he had to satisfy, again, the monster that was the North Tower. What better way to do it than pull a 4-5 in January? So this is going to be, you know, interesting show, but... You start off with a dark match. Lord Stephen Regal defeats Chris Benoit in about seven minutes. Interesting thing is here. I know you guys really were kind of against blood, but they have headbutts, and Benoit's actually bleeding, and then Regal actually injures his knee a bit during the match as well. Do you remember this at all, just this match and just the physical nature of these two guys? Yeah, that's how they were. 
and uh, they want to steal the show, and rightfully so. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the headbutts weren't accidents, you know what I mean? They were trying to steal the show, and I again, rightfully so, two of the great workers of all times. Here's a guy that doesn't get his due, Steve Regal. True. Do you think that that match could have been on the, the main card somewhere instead of being a dark match? Absolutely. Maybe Absolutely. Sh- maybe should have been, maybe. Yeah. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you remember why was it? Absolutely. Do you remember why it was a dark match? You don't remember. I'd like to say I do remember, but I don't. So basically, the show will start well, up. I do know oh. why. I oh. do know why. Okay. I'm going to think the reason why they put it on the dark match, they wanted to set the tone for the night. And... What better way to set the tone when you give a dark match? Usually, in most companies, a dark match is to look at somebody, right? Yes. This was given two of the best workers in the company a chance to set the tone, and they did. 
Do you think that Clash of Champions just in general is almost like saying, hey, we're going to give a big pay-per-view type show out there for free? You know, this is going to, um, you know, good good nature for the fans. Like, hey, we're, we're giving you pay-per-view quality, yeah. but we're giving it to you for free. You don't have to pay for it. Two ways. Two things. The first is giving the people something free and giving them a pay-per-view card free and hooking them saying, oh, I've never bought a pay-per-view. This was terrific. I'm going to buy the next one. Good thinking again on Eric's part. So here, you know, in, in the midst of everything going on with you guys across town, if you will, at WWF, you know, they'll do, they're doing the, the billionaire Ted stuff. You know, they're, they're making fun of the Nacho Man, the Huckster. Anybody paying any attention to this? Is, are the guys laughing it off? Are they upset? Like, what's kind of the, the vibe backstage of all this terrible skits from WB? I loved it. I loved it. It meant that we were burning their ass. You know, to me, you don't recognize, and especially those guys, and it was Mean Gene too, Scamming Gene or whatever they called them. Yeah, Scheme Gene. They're knocking their own talent. People forget this. They were the mainstays at WWE. F at the time, right? Yep. And you're telling people they're on the other channel. I think they would like to have that one back. Not that it matters now, but at the time, I think they all said, wow, we might have made a mistake. That was really, I don't know, <laughs> horrible stuff, but you're right. It almost gave it like, oh, yeah, Hogan and Macho Man aren't even here anymore. Let's go watch where they are because they're still yeah. Yeah, pretty much in their primes. Right. Exactly. Unless you're crazy-ass Vince who thought that they weren't for some reason, but, you know, everyone else knew that they still were. Right. Right. So the first match, the public enemy, Flyboy, Rocco Rock, and Johnny Grunge versus the Nasty Boys, which, of course, knobs and sags. Public Enemy and the Nasty Boys go to a double DQ. Match only goes about four minutes. Just kind of a wild brawl. It's actually pretty good for being as short as it was, but it was just a, you know, just a wild brawl in such a short time frame. Right. It could have went a little bit more, but I think the way the show was timed out, they were saving time for the matches coming up after them. And with that wild brawl, there's only so much you can watch of it, you know, because before it gets too repetitious. Those two always, uh, to me, had some great matches. Those two teams always had great matches. Always enjoyed it, but obviously they they always kind of break down into into crazy brawls, which is good, which is fun. It's definitely different. Right, right. And a different way to start the show. This is not, you know, a hot cruiserweight match. This is a definitely different right. way to start the show. Right. And a good way to expose the two teams without overexposing them. Yes. So then they run an ad for Super Brawl 6. And then we go to the next match. Dean Malenko versus Alex Wright. Dean defeats Alex in about 5 minutes, 30 seconds. Pretty good match here uh, for the most part. Um, 
it was almost one of those things where I wish it was longer. But what do you what do you think here? Well, I agree with you. Again, time restraints. But even though Alex lost, that elevated him. That he was in the caliber of Malenko and Benoit and Guerrero. You know, we, that's what the whole project was because we were starting to go to Germany and he was the wonder kid over there, you know? Yep. So this next thing is kind of interesting because it's supposed to be you, I guess, against Disco Inferno, and it's not really a match because Disco's not there. Um, then we kind of get a shot of the chapel ahead of the wedding, and then an awful uh, Elvis impersonator comes out, and you beat the crap out of the Elvis impersonator. And Shivani kind of takes a look at you. You take a look at him. Shivani says, don't look at me, Kevin. I'm just the announcer, um, which is kind of funny because obviously you're the booker and he's he's kind of playing into that. But what, do you remember what the heck this was about? Like, I know you're in Vegas, Elvis impersonator, stuff like that. But was this ever designed to be a match or is this supposed to be just a, a time filler? For some reason, and I can't quite remember all the details, that they thought, you know, disco was the disco guy, and they were reaching. Well, hey, it's Vegas. I mean, Elvis impersonators are. We're playing to the hometown crowd. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it wasn't. It wasn't terribly, terribly bad, but it wasn't the best thing we could have done. Do you think that almost makes you like a baby face? You're beating up the Elvis impersonator, or does that make you more of a heel? I think it makes me almost a baby face. You know, people understood what was going on, I think. You know, there's times where, you know, things that you put down on paper look good, but the execution isn't the best. So we go to the chapel again. Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater are on hand, but Colonel Robert Parker is not. He supposedly hasn't been seen since he was on the tables last night in Vegas, which is, a, I don't know, an interesting kind of funny little thing there. Like, oh, he's getting uh, second thoughts there, I guess. Yeah. Um, but here is one of the probably the best parts of the night. Bischoff is interviewing Lex Luger and Sting, who are now the WWE Tag Team Champions, up on the ramp inside the building, and they are interrupted by... Hawk and Animal, the Road Warriors, making a big return here. What do you think about finally getting Hawk and Animal back? Well, there's only one Road Warriors, you know what I mean? And them crashing the party made the event look so much bigger, you know what I mean? It's like must-see TV. Hey, we didn't no, the row is going to be on. Oh, this is great. And their interplay with Luger and Sting was pretty solid, I thought. Didn't you? Perfect, because Luger is, like, paranoid and scared of them, and he and he doesn't want to wrestle them. And Sting is, like, buddies with them, shaking their hands. He's loving them. He's saying, man, uh, so delighted you guys are back. I'm giving you guys title shots whenever you want them. Luger goes, let's give title shots to everyone else before we give them to the Road Warriors, which is yeah. a great line. And the, uh, Lex played that role so good. You know what I mean? If they were giving Emmys out he was, for the year, he was the best supporting actor. Do you know what I mean? Yep. 
He was fabulous in that role. And he kept you amused, plus he kept you, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Is he going to turn on Sting? Are they, is Sting going to be able to rehabilitate him? It was, I thought he did an incredible role on this. And his one-liners were perfect, don't you think, JP? Yes. For sure. And it's funny, he pretends he's from Chicago, he, and then Sting says, you know, you're from the suburbs. They're from the mean yeah. streets. Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, just that interplay, and Sting played the straight man so well. You know, he was a versatile guy, Sting. Russell still is. Absolutely. So obviously the road warriors agree to the match, even though Luger was pretty reluctant. So that'll be sometime in, in the future. Just an interesting point. I wanted to bring back up about disco, how he was supposed to fight you disco forfeited the match with you because he rather perform at the chapel <laughs> for the wedding. And then the Elvis impersonator was actually Mike winner of all, of all people. So, um, just an interesting little uh, side piece there, so or sidebar there. So Sting and Luger Road War is really interesting, and then this is really interesting. We get a sit-down interview with Paul Orndorff, and he's wearing a neck brace. He says it could have been career-threatening if it wasn't for surgery. And then he also credits Gary Spivey, who was the uh, the psychic, which was uh, who we've talked about before, and uh, I've interviewed for. Funny guy, nice guy, but just such a crazy storyline there with uh, Spivey and Orndorff. But then he kind of goes back into serious mode, and he says that respect um, is being knocked down by a 450-pound gorilla, getting back up, kicking his head in like a football. The horsemen don't know the the meaning of the word respect, and Flair and Anderson would have had their own rejection to join the group previously against him in over two years um, I mean, in over in, in a few a few months ago, whatever. I'm sorry, uh, in a few months ago, uh, when Arn Anderson and Flair took out Orndorff, injured him, and quote unquote ended his career. So he's basically saying that Flair and Anderson have no respect, and he makes that kind of really poignant and line about Vader there, like you know, about how he likes to teach people respect. Right, right, and he sure did. He sure did. I've heard a lot of people say they were there. I was there. I was there. I was the one that, when they separated my push ball and said, go get him. Because I knew Paul couldn't live with himself. If he didn't get back, he was sucker punched. Now, Paul Orndorff, really, I mean, this, this was really, really wasn't heading anywhere because he wasn't heading on a return. Did you guys think maybe he could come back after surgery, or did you guys know his career was over? Because this is a really, really great promo and segment with him, but it doesn't really lead anywhere. We thought there was a very good chance that he could come back, but Paul had been injured before, you know what I mean, With when he wrestled Piper and Piper kicked him in the jaw, and that's what made his arm shrivel up like that. But we were hoping because there's a, I mean, I always point out this, but there's another guy. I'd have to put Paul Ondoff up as one of the top five heels of all times during his career uh, when he was on top. Uh, he had an extra gear. 
when he got a guy down the corner and started kicking him, he went from first to fifth in about 12 seconds. He was a magnificent-looking athlete. Do you remember when he used to do the commercials for that roll-on pain medicine? Mm-hmm, yep. The, the world like Atlas? I mean, Paul looked, if you were going to design an athlete, wasn't it, Paul, with the square jaw? Uh, he looked like that cartoon character that was in the newspapers that was uh, a football coach. I can't remember the guy's name, Scotland's name. But Paul looked, didn't Paul look like an athlete? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Immaculate hair, cut, jaw, physique, you know. And he, he oozed. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With this promo, too, I mean, it's pretty much letting him do whatever he wants, right? Because, I mean, he's basically uh, shooting at the hip, mentioning the Vader stuff. And, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like he's allowed to kind of say what he wants. Yeah. And I think rightfully so. Pretty intense. Pretty good. 
from uh, Mr. Yeah. Wonderful here. Uh, he does obviously tease at, you know, some retribution on Pillman, Anderson, and Flair uh, of the horsemen uh, that he's going to get some retribution on them. So then we cut to Colonel Robert Parker. He arrives at the chapel in a taxi, but he's looking worse for wear. He promises the taxi driver he'll give him $20 that he owes him before asking me and Gene if he could borrow $50. He says he lost it all last night gambling, um, and then he presumably gets a phone call from Sensational Sherry. Is this just comic relief? Like, what do you kind of think here? Because it's pretty entertaining stuff here from Colonel Robert Parker. I don't think anybody turned the channel deal. Robert is one of the great talkers of all times. Whether he's stone cold baby face, heel, or playing this part, Colonel Parker. He's probably best known for Colonel Parker, don't you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. And just had it down perfectly. And I thought him and Sherry playing off one another was some of the great stick of all times. They were great together. It's one of those things where it's like, wow, Parker, he's got such comedic range. You wouldn't really maybe know it at first or think of it at first, but he was great. Um, knew how to kind of push the right comedic buttons, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Were you the one that brought Parker in? I'm trying to remember. Were no. you, like, originally? No. no, he was there before I got there, before I came back. And uh, Robert was part of uh, the office for a while. Very smart guy. Very smart guy. One of the great storytellers in the business. Just outside the business and in the business, the stories he'd come up with. I mean, him and Ronald had Pensacola territory on fire for years. And Knoxville at the same time. They had two separate territories and paid very well. Great territory. Yeah, both of them. So the next match up is Brian Pillman versus Eddie Guerrero. Now, I think a lot of people will remember this match as when Bobby Heenan says, What the fuck are you doing live on air when Pillman attempts to pull his jacket off? Was this. Yeah. It was just totally just unplanned and out of nowhere. Like, where did this come from? Well, was it totally unplanned? I don't think so. I think it was planned in Brian's head that he knew he'd get a reaction out of Bobby. This is when he's loose cannon, you got to remember. When people thought he was really nuts. Was, I mean, Bobby was furious. Yeah, was he furious. was legit furious? Oh. Beyond furious. Threaten to quit everything. I don't think they ever really, uh, Bobby ever really accepted Brian's apology. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he might have blown it off. Yeah, okay, but, but there was always Bobby would bring it up. I never spent a lot of time with Bobby outside ring, but the times that I did was very, he was so knowledgeable about the business, but he would always, after this, he would always bring up, what's wrong with that guy? 
because I think he's really nuts, you know, so. Right, and he didn't have all those neck issues, so he's very concerned, like, what the hell is Pillman doing? Yeah, yeah. That is kind of odd, too, if you think about it. You're one of the announcers. The guy doesn't clue you in, and the guy just all of a sudden tries to sneak up behind you and, like, touch you and take off your jacket. Yeah. And that's where Brian was such a genius. I mean, everybody, except maybe a few people, thought he was losing it. Man, it was just perfect a part of the loose cannon gimmick. Like, he'll do anything. You don't know what he's going to do. He's so unpredictable. Uh, just made everybody kind of uneasy and uncomfortable. And then, obviously, Heenan has to come back to the table after he walked away and he cursed. And he apologized. He apologized for the outburst, but almost didn't think he was coming back. I think he was pretty damn pissed. I, I didn't think he was going to come back. I mean, Eric had to really do some diplomatic relationships there with to get him to go back. But I brought this up before, I think, JP. If Brian didn't get hurt and he didn't die young, when we talk about great feuds, we would have started and stopped with Pillman and Austin. Yeah, yep. Think about how it started. The gun, right? Oh, yeah. Intense, to say the least. Great segment. To me, the wife, the crying, the paranoia, they would have drawn stadium circles. Because there's no telling what Brian would do. You know the famous story where he tried to get Mark Madden to give him this pass for the Super Bowl, right? On the sidelines? Did you know that about that? No, no. And Mark Madden said, well, if I give it to you, I'll lose my job. He said, oh, you're going to get another job. Give me. He wanted to run, be on the sidelines, and run across to the uh, goalpost and chain himself to the goalpost. He actually told me that he wanted to strip his clothes off on the way to the goalpost and just have his underwear on and chain himself. And he said, how long would it take them to find bolt cutters? Oh, my God. I mean, just think of that. Wouldn't I think they would have committed him for 90 days. Oh, yeah, he would have been arrested for sure. Yeah, but I think they would have sent him to the front. To the nut house for 90 days. That too, possibly. Seems like it. Yeah. And I mean, because they would bring up his actions before this, uh, they would interview people that were close to him, and most of them would say, yeah, he's nuts. They would interview co workers. I mean, this guy, not only did we lose a great talent, we lost one of the best minds I've ever been around. And no telling what kind of uh, booker or producer, whatever they want to call it, Brian would have been. He was a, he revolutionized the wrestling business. Turn it around, see And wasn't he the first guy really to do social media? 
AOL. Help you have one of them, yep. Yeah. So, he knew the power he knew the power of social media before anybody else in the rest of the business. Absolutely. That's, yeah. Does he give you any sort of heads up that he's going after Heenan or no? No. 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 He kept everything to the vest where even I who was in on it thought that gee, he went too far this time. You right. Know? Yep. Does he get in trouble in the back from, like, Eric or anything? I'm sure he was taken by Eric and dressed down. But knowing Brian, he could manipulate it around that. That ain't that bad. He didn't get hurt. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So Brian Pillen ends up defeating Eddie Guerrero in about six minutes. It's interesting, though, with the character of the loose cannon, I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but it wasn't as smooth of a match as you'd expect from those two, but it's almost because of his character. Is that on purpose, do you think? Like he's almost doing the character to take away from the in-ring work? Absolutely. How can you... I'll give you an example of something. When I was a babyface in Atlanta, and I did it, me and Austin Idol did this deal with Abdullah and Mark when he was the maniac. Mark is the maniac, but yet when he comes out for an interview, just an interview, he's got a thousand dollars shoes on. He's got a, a platinum Rolex covered in diamonds. He's got uh, a mounting pants on and a mounting shirt. And he's a maniac. That didn't... To me, that didn't... I've never saw a fault Mark had, but on that one, it just didn't make sense to me. Where if Pillman went and worked his usual style, people would have said, well, he's working. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. And I think Brian was smart enough and much smarter than most of us, including myself, that he could see that. So it's interesting. A little bit later on in the night, Pillman then has another interview. So he does crazy stuff, but you guys still are giving him interview time. So it's almost like, okay, we like what we're seeing from this character. Is that why you guys are giving him another interview? Absolutely. I mean, he was, and we wanted this to get over because he deserved it to get over. He put a lot of time and effort into his character. I mean, a lot of, and it was so far out of the box. A lot of people would have made this. That's why I said to you earlier off, off before the show started. A lot of people don't give Eric credit for seeing things that most of us wouldn't have seen. He was out of the box. You know, most people say, oh, let's tone it down. Eric's a, hey, you got this going. Go with it. He threatened. You loved it too? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, because of what we ended up doing. I loved it, too, because that was right up my alley, something completely out of the box. And he was really out of the box. And here is he. He made me a baby face, the guy that's trying to end Hulkamania when Hulk was a baby face. He made me a baby face that night when I was getting booed for trying to end Hulkamania. So that's, you know, Andy was in the Four Horsemen at the time, which were not real heels in most of the country, right? Yep. Pretty amazing. So here, if you think about it, Pillman is, is going to kind of say whatever he wants. Then he almost says, or well, he threatens to say, I'm going to say these seven words you can't say on television, which is funny because Heenan actually did by accident say one of them. So just funny that yeah. he's always throwing that out there, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's go later on when he was going to take a leak in the ring at ECW. Remember that? Yes. People went berserk. I know the franchise thought he was really going to do it. Yeah. He, he was the first one to hit the ring, wasn't he? Yep. Shane was going to protect ECW. I mean, he played the role so well that you actually bought in that he was nuts. That's why you got to love it. Loose cannon. Got to love it. Yeah. So we go back to the chapel again. Colonel Robert Parker says he's been losing all money, all his money, and then Sherry arrives and Sherry is pissed. So just kind of <laughs> leading on as we're getting closer and closer to the wedding, that is not going to be so uh, so nice and orderly here, right? Yeah. It was the perfect segment for Sherry and Rob. I mean, yep. everybody yep. saw what was going to happen, right? Oh, yeah. But you glued to see what was going to happen, even though you knew what was going to happen. And Robert, Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So then the next match up, the Blue Bloods. So that's why Regal was in the dark match and not on the regular show, because Steve Regal and Earl Robert Eaton are getting a shot at the WCW Tag Team Championships. Sting and Luger defeat the Blue Bloods in about eight minutes. A decent match here. Regal's member, like I mentioned before, had that knee injury from the Benoit match. So it's not as crisp, maybe, as it should have been. And it was interesting that Luger was kind of the quote-unquote babyface in peril getting a hot tag to sting. So interesting what they're um, just a setup for the match, but pretty good overall. Not, not too bad. Um, we were saying sting and Luger defeated the, the blue bloods there. And I mentioned Regal's uh, knee injury, which was why it was a little bit wonky. And I said a one Lego 70% guys on two legs. No doubt about it. Very true. What do you think about kind of the reversal there? Having Luger be, you know, in 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 almost like the Ricky Morton role. It was we were trying to show that Sting was not only keeping Luger in check, he was the strong one on the team. That's why he could be an out out babyface where Luger was Luger. So Sting and Luger. Go ahead. I was going to say, so Sting and Luger are going to continue on a, a great uh, storyline here, and and kind of just continue to tease like one's a heel, one's a face, but Luger will continue to pretend to be this big baby face. Right, right. Uh, I think I got that idea when I was Idol's partner, when I was forced to be his partner, and I saw that. A baby face and heel could be partners. You know, two of the big sellouts on a cold match that WWE death had before this time, or during this time. You remember when uh, Piper and Hogan teamed up for two matches? Oh, yeah. At the height of their feud? Yep. It certainly worked. No, no doubt about it. It's definitely one of those things where it keeps people's interest because you never know, you know, what's going to happen. You never know what direction it's going to go into. Yeah, and I'm sure everybody at this time was thinking, eventually Luger's going to show his smarts. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Can't trust him. Right. And I'm sure every night when they were team, people saying, Luger's going to turn on tonight. Well, do it next week. 
Yep. Everything was clicking here perfectly. So psychology was great. From Pillman to uh, everybody else. The next match, Conan defeats Psychosis via submission in about five minutes and 30 seconds. For some reason, they say it's for the Mexican Heavyweight Championship, which is really the, the AAA title, but funny that they just kind of nonchalantly don't really mention the, the real belt, you know what I mean? But the match itself is pretty damn good. Yes, it was. I mean, they had worked together a bunch of times in Mexico. And the reason why I believe we didn't mention AAA, later on, Pena came up for a meeting with Eric and myself, and we were trying to work something out with them. Conan, obviously a big part of that. Huge part. A guy that doesn't get his due as a performer and the brain. Definitely not. So then the I'm wet... Sure he, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm sure he made some mistakes, but he made very few mistakes when he had AAA. I mean, they were drawn huge. Hey, he's still booking today. Yep, he's doing a hell of a job. And he's got relationships with everybody. Yep. Yeah, Mighty WB, of course, but AEW, Impact, everybody. Yep. So then we go to the wedding. Colonel Robert Parker has lowered his asking price to Mean Gene. He says he now wants $30. And that taxi is still kind of there. Um, we're now going to have the wedding done through the drive through which is pretty funny. Um the segment was really kind of, I don't know, just kind of weird, just the way it just set up. Kind of funny in, in its own unique way. But I think the most interesting part is when Medusa comes out. And that was the phone call earlier that Colonel Parker took, not from Sherry. So they're kind of teasing that, hey, Medusa and Sherry, excuse me, Medusa and Parker have been an item behind Sherry's back. What's going on here? What's uh what do you think here? Because this is about to turn into a pretty violent fight between Medusa and Sherry, which gets broken apart by Buck, Slater, and the Harlem Heat. Right, right. It was just the way to get those two together. And they had incredible matches. Did you think that this was like a good little blow-off to kind of tease that Sherry and Parker are going to be together, all to be a swerve for it to be Medusa? Right, right. Sherry's left standing at the altar. Yes. There was a funny closing shot at the end of Disco Inferno, who obviously forfeited to you earlier, but he's clutching about three bottles of champagne with his life. He's absolutely in yeah. fear of Medusa and Sherry. Yeah. Great job. Everybody did a great job. Nice little comedic touch there from Disco. Yep. Yeah. So then we get... It's funny, we have a main event, but then we have a dark match after the main event, so interesting there. So the main event of the evening, Ric Flair and the Giant with Jimmy Hart versus Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan with Kevin Green and Nancy Sullivan's out there, woman, and Linda Hogan, of all people, is out there. 
Um, and obviously Miss Elizabeth, who's going to be teased and, and brought into the mix. Um, it got an initial pop when she came out, of course, but it, she kind of didn't add anything to the show as of yet. So what did you think here of, before we kind of get in the match and finish of kind of the, the ladies being a part of it and having Miss Elizabeth show up and be a name, but not really do anything storyline wise. Well, if you remember, Elizabeth didn't do a lot of story interference or anything to WWEF at the time. It right. was to get her in a pop that we're doing this on a free show. Does that make sense? Yep. Now, who brought her in? Hulk. And Randy. They wanted her back in the mix. They want to do a little Mega Powers uh, again? Uh, they knew that she was a hot item. And, you know, if you have talent like that out there, why would you not take it? So she doesn't do much here. Uh, eventually, it's Super Brawl. We'll get into this uh, later later time and date. But later, she turns heel and joins Ric Flair. So interesting kind of uh, swerve by by Miss Elizabeth coming down the road. But here on this show, Flair and the Giant end up defeating Hulk and Macho Man in about 10 minutes. Flair uses the brass knucks thanks to double-A cheating. He pins Macho Man. So Flair and the Giant look pretty good here. Savage, who had just won the WWE World Championship the night before, takes the pin from Flair. What was the design here? Just kind of keep Flair strong, considering he just lost the title the night before? Yeah, and he just beat the guy that beat him. Sets up Flair and, and Randy. Flair and the Giant against Randy and Hulk. Sets up everything perfectly, I think. So there is a rumor that since Flair had lost the title the night before, the original plan was for uh, on this show Hogan to pin Flair with the leg drop and that you had changed it and that Flair had threatened to quit. Is that any of that true? Uh, somewhat. Somewhat. Uh, I want to Flair's defense of this. He just put Randy over. At this time, and at all times, he's the top heel. He dropped the belt to Randy. Now he's going to lose clean on a leg drop. That didn't make sense to me. And they were all in agreement when I brought it up. And he's the dirtiest player in the game. It brought Iron down, the brass knucks, because he's the dirtiest player in the game. It set up a lot of stuff right away. I think if Rick got beat with a leg drop in the middle of the ring, it really would have. Do you? Yes, especially since losing the night before, too. Yeah, that would have crushed him. The world title? And he gets beat on a leg drop, one, two, three. Nah. And it wasn't hard to convince them at all. 
And one of my big proponents besides Rick was Randy. And Randy was okay with that finish. He wanted that. Seemed like him and Rick had this great feud through 95 and 96. And it was like they were trading a lot of wins and losses back and forth. Um, was that by design, too? I mean, you don't want to keep one guy having all the wins? I mean, not necessarily like a Hogan feud. I mean, this is completely different than that. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, we don't have the NWO yet. The horsemen are lead heels. You've got to give them their due. I mean, before everybody came, they were keeping the boat afloat. I just think that you can't do that to heels. You can beat them when it's time, but not back to back. And in the middle, after he lost the belt, I didn't see where that could help anything for the company. And is it better off, too, because... Flair is going to feud with Savage even further going forward, and Hulk is really feuding with the Giants. So is it better to kind of keep those guys separate? I think so. What's your opinion? Yeah, I prefer the way you guys did it there, because if Hogan beats him, then it's like, okay, then Hogan should be the world sure. champion, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that might have been in somebody's back of somebody's mind. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You've got to remember there was the losing the football with Randy and Hulk. Seems like for sure, um, you know, Hogan would obviously get the better of Savage a lot, you know, almost every time in their career. But the, the Savage Flair feud seemed very even and very good. And it was obviously helping out in ratings because it leads to some pretty good ratings. And obviously this rating here, 4.5 is very good. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, uh, think that you're a boxing fan, right, John? Yep. Don't you love trilogies? Oh yeah. Frazier, Frazier and Ali, Norton and Ali, where, on any given night, one of them could beat the other one. Yep. I was looking at Ali's fights. Think about this. He fought Norton three times. He fought Frazier three times. He fought Sonny Liston twice. He fought Floyd Patterson twice. He fought Chavalo twice. Jerry Quarry twice. He kept his opponents alive. That he could go back to the well and try again with them. Sometimes a clean win on a heel is the right thing to do, but you gotta look down the line and say, what's this gonna do six months from now? And then you gotta spend a lot of time bringing the heel back to life. When it's easy for him to cheat and win. Right. Very true. Yeah. 
So we have a dark match after the main event, which is interesting. One man gang, who's the United States champion with Jimmy Hart, defeats Disco Inferno in about six minutes, 16 seconds. Any thought on dark match after the show? Is it taping for something? Like, what was the reason here? I think it was to expose the one man gang in front of the big audience. And you got to remember, he had just come from WWF, right? Yep. So it's they're getting a bonus, the house show. The rumor was that a lot of the fans had left after Hogan and Savage lost to Flair and Giant because they thought the show was over. So kind of weird, though, right, to sometimes have a have a dark match after the fact? Yeah, but I think they were wanted to, or we wanted to, expose the gang. Uh, but they had seen the main event, and I think they thought that one man gang was going to go over. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what were your overall thoughts on this show? I got to give it a double thumbs up. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I had a little bit of everything. You had Miss Elizabeth debuting. You had the Road Warriors re-debuting. You had the wedding you had Medusa showing up. You know, you had obviously Hogan and Savage, the Mega Powers together, Flair and the Giant. I mean, pretty good. For the most part, Alex Wright versus Dean was good. The Public Enemy match, the Nasty Boys was good. The Sting match and Luger was pretty good. Um, not too bad of a show. Obviously, the Brian Pillman angle, very memorable, the Heenan stuff. So it's a pretty memorable show just as far as, like, random stuff going on. Right, and now we're kind of threading it together. You know what I mean? And then the Luger interview with Sting pushed that angle. The Road Warriors come back. Great thing with Luger saying, well, we'll give everybody else a shot until before they get it. A lot of good stuff, I think. Heat back on Flair. Randy doing the job after he won the title. Everybody would thought that the Mega Powers are going over. Little swerve there. Like you said, Sherry and Medusa, we got together. Uh, I thought it was very, very well laid out for future business. Did Bischoff, uh, was he the one behind bringing the Road Warriors back? Yes. Yes. And this is also, they're working in Japan too, so it's not like a full time deal. Yeah, and it's also Eck was going to give us a chance to start that relationship with Japan. 
So because they knew we were going to take care of them on TV for sure, right? Right. So, and all the Japanese press would be there. And I believe they were the champions of Japan too. So it was good for both companies. So it's a pretty strong show to to build upon. Like you said, you got a lot of building blocks in place there. But let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com. Follow Kevin on Instagram at Taskmaster Talks. And visit Pro Wrestling Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com, and visit the Kevin Sullivan store. Kevin, what else you got going on? Well, the 22nd or 23rd of January, I'll be in Texas for World Class Revival. So people in Irving, Texas, please go out and see me and say hello. And that's about it. All right. Great stuff, as always, Kevin. Like you thank everybody out there for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for a little Task Master Talks with Kevin Sullivan. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.